listening to Nerds on Film with Brian Moriarty, Sarah Ashley, Sean Moriarty, and Roxy Noberry. You fucked me, Gilbert! You fucked me in the last movie quote you shouldn't say during sex, Gilbert! We shouldn't have been together at sex time, Gilbert! You're my brother, Gilbert! Mom's fat and needs a crane to get her out of the house. Though <laughs> that move, that beep. scene is depressing when he walks in on her dead. Mommy, oh. mommy, stop it! Oh goddamn it, Ryan! Stop that! Stop it! I'm gonna cry. So, listeners, we need to make an apology yeah. for two things. For Sean. Uh, for for Sean. Well, yeah, Sean always, existing, always period. <laughs> I mean, at this point, if we don't know that we apologize for Sean. Every minute, every every uh, day. Our mother, um, our mother sends a letter you. to the Pope every year, apologizing. <laughs> Francis actually wrote back to say, um, "Stop, stop." Yeah, he's like, he's like, no amount of apologies will ever make up for it. You're dead to like, us. Just like he's him. the reason why he gave all the Catholics a plenary indulgence because he had seen all of Sean's letters. Is like, you know what? Uh, it's going to take. take is that what to we him, call so. what I was forced to do as an altar boy? Plenary indulgences. <laughs> uh, in, in all 50 states, yeah. He hit the moral reset button for all the Catholics. But anyway. Anyway, um, Alan Rickman's dead and we're sad. <laughs> Way to rip the Band-Aid off, Sean. So, um, well, so that's the apology we owe is that we didn't mention the death of Alan Rickman last time. And it was very sad. Uh, we had a really rough week because we lost David Bowie yeah. Yeah. and Alan Rickman. Um, Goblin and King plus, I mean, and Hans Gruber. It's I not, mean, we weren't uh, ready. And it was a, just a fuck week for cancer because Seriously. like, it took... Celine Dion's husband and brother, yeah, in the, almost the same, if not the same day, like within a couple of days of each other. Um, you know what, though, somewhere really in heaven, bad. God finally has his super group. His super group, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Lemmy, he's got, like, Lemmy's Hendrix in on there guitar. with him too. Yeah, he's got Lemmy on bass. He's got Bowie on vocals. He's got Hendrix he's on guitar. He's got, uh, he's got, um, oh God, uh, what's his name from um, uh, Soundgarden? You no, you're thinking about. of Scott Weiland. Yeah, Scott Weiland. Uh, Scott Temple Pilots. Oh, the no, Soundgarden. Yeah. So, no, that's that's Chris Cornell. Um, yeah, Scott Weiland. Scott Weiland, I think, would probably be on guitar. Yeah, and I oddly think. enough, backup vocals. Dave Grohl, still the drummer. He's in every band. <laughs> He's yeah. in every band, but he, he, go, he, he transcends. Yeah, he death. defies planes of existence. There was another punk singer or, or leader of a punk band that died recently too. Not Kansas, Courtney Love, unfortunately. No. Wow. Yeah, if you wow, if you guys Sean. watch documentaries on Netflix, you don't like Courtney Love, right? Um But uh-huh. the the other thing we wanted to talk about, I mean, that's obviously got. those are just huge huge losses yeah. to the entertainment world and we we never meant I mean, it just we we got tied up with talking about the Oscars and that wasn't fair because Alan Rickman, who was also an Academy Award nominee, mm-hmm. let's not forget him. Um he had done, I mean, I said this on the social media posts we're lucky if an actor is remembered for one major role and he got the chance to be two if not more yeah. hmm. he yeah. also got the plans to chance to play uh this actor in this sh- this little english movie called an awfully big adventure yeah. where he did a little bit of scene as captain hook so if you ever wanted to know what he would have been like as playing captain hook he was amazing in that um, and if you ever want to know what he would have been like playing Louis the Fourteenth, um, one of his most, one of his last films that he actually directed was called A Little Chaos, and it mm-hmm. starred Kate Winslet. Yeah. Um, right now, it's streaming on HBO. Mm. Yeah, and he has two movies coming out this yeah. year. He's in. He's the voice of the caterpillar in Alice, Alice Through the Looking Glass, yeah. and he's also a general in uh, Eyes in the Sky, which is looks really like a really great cool. thriller, very very akin to like Doctor Strangelove. Yeah. Um, so we'll definitely talk about him. And we're actually going to devote a whole episode uh, in March to Alan It's Rickman's coming, everyone. Life. Yes. It's coming. But we're going to wait till after Oscar season is done. Yeah. So you'll have to wait a little longer. And the other thing we want to talk about. Wait in suspense mm. for the Alan Rickman episode. The other thing we wanted to talk about is we didn't mention it last time. And it is getting a little late for you guys. But you can still join if you've been keeping track. Um, we have our annual Oscar challenge. Yeah. If you're on our Facebook, you've seen us post a couple times about yeah, it. Yeah. And but... we'll keep posting the crap out of it. We posted the crap out of it. Nerdonomy Oscar Challenge! Uh, it's huge. It's not just seeing all the Best Picture nominations. It's Uh-oh. also seeing all the writing and acting nominations. And then a, nom- a, a category of your choosing, you have between uh, the Best Makeup and Hairstyling uh, nominations, you have the Best Costume nominations, you also have the short categories. You must see all of the shorts, uh, except for a documentary short subject, but you can see, you must see the live action and the animated short nominations. They usually are done 
uh, either online to stream or you can uh, find them at your local theater chain usually. I did well. that one year. It was awesome. Yeah, it was great. We're and remember, gonna, everyone, this is a challenge that even Brian frequently can't finish. Mm. I've I did it last year and I'm gonna finish it this year. I am Ryan only can't three movies away. I need to see the Danish Girl, <laughs> Room, and uh, Forty Five Years, but that's because it hasn't opened in this area. Still, like I'm gonna be lucky if I get through all the Best Picture and all the act. I'm all I'm trying to do is see all the Best Picture nominations in every movie that's nominated for an acting or directing. Guys, God. I'm fun employed and movie ticket stubs are tax deductible for actors. So <laughs> nice. that's why I'm able, that's why I'm doing this. It's research. I always get those uh Century Theater movie coupons from Costco. Get them while you can cuz they're phasing those out too. Damn it. Yeah, they're introducing the Green Pass, which is um it works for every studio except for any of the properties owned by Disney. So the Marvel, Lucasfilm, or any Pixar or Disney that's movies won't be right. won't be able to take those what passes. What about Fandango points? Fandango points if those are a thing. I mean, yeah. those sh- I don't know if those are working or not. Um, it's it, that's a complicated thing between the theater distributors and the studios. Anyway, go to one of those marathons if you can, um, and or get rob involved, them from y'all. the internet, <laughs> or rob that shit from Sweden. No, you no, you cannot. The one of the rules stipulate you must prove that you saw the movies by legitimate. <sighs> yeah, well, yeah, well, that's why no one's gonna do it, Brian. So yeah, take, take <laughs> pictures of your movie stubs. Um, if you have an AMC Stubs membership, it even tracks your stubs for you. Just take a screenshot of that. That's super easy. Shall we allude to one of our prizes? Yes. If you win, you get an Nerdonomy custom embroidered duffel bag. Ooh. And do we also get a Nerdonomy special treatment guest spot appearance? If they're local, maybe. We'll talk Ooh. about it. Now, if you've won the impact previous years... We're talking to you, Richard. Yeah, Richard, um, what's up? You hey, uh, you are ineligible for the duffel bag. We apologize for that. However, um, <laughs> we do ask that when you submit to the nerds at yes. uh, you do have to submit your shipping address so that if you win, we can just get you the stuff right away. Um, we prefer if you enter before Oscar Sunday, but you can submit on Oscar Sunday, which is February 28th, no, 8 o'clock uh, Eastern Standard Time, um, to get that submitted. Yeah, buddy. The subject must be Oscar Challenge 2016. And there you have it. Yay! I'm so excited! Yeah! I'm also excited for our, um, our Rickman episode. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a great retrospective about a really talented guy. Yeah. Um, all around great artist, uh, consistent performer, and just good human being. Mm-hmm. I love these retrospective episodes, you guys. We always have so much fun. Yes, we do. And so let's take a turn back. Speaking of retrospectives, this could not be better. Yeah, seriously, this could not be a better segue. People whose performances and their work has transcended breathing. Oh my god, we could not have planned that better, you guys. That was really slow clap for us. Shit. Woo! Nicely done, y'all. I am proud. Sarah, you are missed, but goddamn, that was Uh, some smooth ass transition time, y'all. Ooh. You want to do on that note? Yeah, hell yeah, I want to do that. On that motherfucking note, welcome to Nerds on Film, y'all. <laughs> I'm Roxina Berry. I am Brian Moriarty. And I used to be Sean Moriarty. <laughs> Are you housing Sarah in your stomach? He's dead inside. No, I'm just, <laughs> I feel, we're talking about all of this dead people stuff. And Sean, I feel Sean dead had inside. to, it's Sean decided perfect, to go yeah. outside in Durango and, um, well, let's put it this way. He I made a to... hate angel. It's like he a took... snow angel. He took the wrong turn down let's the just, devil's path. Let's say he 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 made a sleeping bag out of a horse. Oh, boy. And that fucked with him. Do you think The Revenant was at all filmed anywhere near where you're living, Sean? No, <laughs> I think that was filmed in Montana. Uh... No, yeah, because it was, it was... No, it was filled in Alberta. Uh, oh, was it? So. Of course. Yeah. Canada, you... I mean, the Wyoming. Canadians, they, they don't... It's cheaper up there. What you trying to say about shifty Canadians? I'm just I saying mean, it's cheaper up there. The movie mix takes place in Wyoming, Montana uh, area, and it's in the early 1820s, so that mm-hmm. wouldn't have been as far west right. as Right, so it's Colorado. set in the Midwest. It was filmed in Canada. It's, it's technically, the movie is technically a Western because it is west of the Mississippi right. River, uh, and that's what they considered Westerners at that point. Yeah. Um, but it's not Western in the sense that we know it, where it's right. the Old West. But we digress. Yeah. So... Uh, well, we're talking about this episode, since we're in Oscar season, Woo-hoo! is... There's no easy way to put this, no, but we're no going to talk about a lot it. of dead there people. There have been a couple of unusual <laughs> times in Oscar history yeah. where people have died and they've been nominated the year for work that they've 
done. They literally pass away months before yeah. the show airs. And the last and the, the work they've done was so good. Like, well, they usually they nominate them as a as a remembering mm-hmm. of it as an honorary. I mean, there's two different categories we're going to talk about post the Miss Oscars. We talk about competitive Oscars that they're actually nominated for in terms of them, you know, having work that can be considered uh, honored. And then there's honorary Oscars where it's just like the Gene Herschel Humanitarian Award or Contributions to the Sciences Awards. Right. Um, we have two different kind of schools of thought here in terms of the types of Oscars we're handing out. Um, but the funny thing is that there's a very small pool of actual winners. The yeah, majority the, who have won. And it's usually it means it goes yeah. to their family. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, in the case of the first ever winner, um, uh, what was his first name? I think it was Carl Ritz. Well, so um, I mean, Peter Finch. Peter Finch, yeah. yeah. Okay, so in the case of Peter Finch, he passed away shortly before the show started, and his widow accepted his award on yeah. his behalf. I mean, we've had some as recent as I mean, the most recent would be Heath Ledger. Yeah. For playing the Joker in The Dark Knight, which Actually, he won. Okay, so wait, wait, wait. We also have to uh, dignify. We're talking about acting nominations versus other types of nominations. Yeah, because there's been a ton. Yeah. Of one of the other most recent posthumous nominations, for example, was Marie Allen. Right. She did the costume design for Livy and Ruse, and she yeah. passed away before. The most recent, though, I think, was for the uh, director. It was either director. He was a. Oh wait, hold on. While you're doing that, another uh, one that's worth talking about, too, is the late, great Howard Ashman, who was nominated and did actually win um, for Beauty and the Beast, for the song Beauty and the Beast. Um, But, of course, Alan Menken was co-nominated, so Alan Menken accepted the award on both their behalves. So, um, yeah. Hold on. I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. But, yes, talking about acting awards, you have Peter Finch from Network. You have uh, James Dean, of course, for both... East of Eden and yeah, Giant. but And he's the one who holds the distinction as um, having the most posthumous um, nomination. Which is whoever. two. Yeah. <laughs> because, I know, well, but because... he never, he didn't win either of them. Peter Finch was the first one to win. Right. No, 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 no. They don't give Oscars for squinting. <laughs> Actually. Uh, squinting. Yes. And then also, sure. uh, technically, Walt Disney was nominated yeah. too for, um, but that was not, not for, that was for producing, not for um Right. For it was the Winnie the Pooh, the, the Pooh film. Um, yeah. And isn't that great that Disney holds the distinction as the most like nominations and he wins? has the most Oscars period because yeah. yep. he's just he's, yeah he's re- he even wins them in, in you know in the grave <laughs> yeah just crazy and uh, by the way the if, grave, you, if you go to the Walt Disney Family Museum up in San Francisco they oh, have yeah. all of them on display it's really cool including the special one they made for um, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs oh yeah. Yeah. Is there like nice. a like a laser kind of thing around it? There's a frozen like head. Grab one. There's a frozen head that kind of looks oddly enough like him. It's kind of disconcerting. It looks like the most recent uh, posthumous nomination was for Walt Martin um, during the 2014 awards for mm. best sound for American Sniper. Mm. Oh, that's right. Yes, he had passed away. Yeah, that's right. Um, I'm thinking about though. Was oh right okay so um the guy that I was talking about earlier was Gil Friesen for um best documentary feature for Twenty Feet from Stardom he mm. was the most he was the most recent winner that was so fucking good award. too did you guys see yeah, that I loved it it was oh such my a good god it's one of the most interesting documentaries ever right so yeah. good so good so yeah so he was the most recent winner um but yeah there really aren't that many wins as much as there are nominations at the same time we're talking about. Um, what does it mean to nominate someone, you know, even though they've passed? I mean, a lot of these times these folks have passed away unexpectedly, um, which is unfortunate. And at the same time, what does it mean to kind of honor the actor? So wait, are you saying, is it, what are the motivations? Like, is it, did we just nominate them because they died or do they actually merit it? I would hate to think that way, but a lot of people have said, like, for the Heath Ledger nomination, um, they were saying it was really just to honor his career. All right. First of, of all, death. they could all go fuck themselves. I completely <laughs> agree. I'm just saying there's some Because that movie was that also way. nominated for Best Picture. People were upset that it didn't get nominated for Best Picture. It was not nominated for Best Picture. In it fact, wasn't? It was not. Hold on. Hold Jesus. on. What else was it nominated for, though? Best Use of Gary Oldman, considering he's in, like, 25... 25- <laughs> Best use movies of a Gary year. Oldman. Oh yeah. My best movie. Best movie with Gary Oldman in it. It's a huge right. category. This year, this the award goes to uh, Gary Oldman for playing um, a goat <laughs> in a uh, wonderful little film called he. the 
Goat. <laughs> but yeah, so Dark Knight definitely, I mean, it was the highest grossing film of 2008. Come on. Like, you yeah. can't get any better than that. And it's the... So we're not just talking about Heath Ledger. We're talking about the film as a whole. Yeah. And his character, I mean, beside it being the highlight of his career, the the crowning achievement of his career. Yeah. I, you could argue Brokeback Mountain was the crowning achievement. Um, yeah. Even, even Candy. I think what was the film called? Candy? Uh, it was the one where he played a drug addict. A Knight's Tale. No, <laughs> not Knight's Tale. Even though that was the first movie I ever fell in love with him for. <laughs> I do love Knight's he Tale. He wasn't all fucked up on drugs in that movie? I swear no, to God he was. No, he was a cutie pie in that movie. How do you take that many lances to the chest <laughs> without being on morphine? Roids. A what? <laughs> anyway, um, I still think like when you saw, when you watched the show, I don't know about you guys, but I definitely automatically knew that he was going to be awarded that you know, he was going to win the nomination because his family was there. I mean, everyone's hearts were in the right place during that show. They all knew that it was, it was going to be yeah. his win. Because also the other nominations really weren't that strong in that category either. No. And yeah. he fucking, he really deserved that. I mean, think yeah. about what he, he scared you but and made you laugh and <laughs> also all made you want to cry in that uh-huh. movie. He he orchestrated. It was like he was playing your heartstrings like a fucking guitar. What do you guys think about that theory that his character was actually the hero of the film? There are some schools of thought in regards to the Dark Knight. They're saying that um, besides like the Harvey Dent, you know, character arc, I think that what the Joker was trying to do was you know teach a morality lesson, of course, in terms of but you know in greed. That, the villain is always the hero in his own story. Sure, and I think people actually wanted to turn that even further and say that he was the hero for the story. Period. That he was Batman's uh, you know nemesis. But I think also his muse. Yeah, <laughs> I think that the way that they also challenged the way that he challenged. Uh, Batman, the Batman, um, to really take a good look at his own morals, his own values. The, the Joker, Joker character. The Joker has been anti-heroic at times, mm-hmm. uh, as far as precedent as the comic books go. As far as the Dark Knight is concerned, he, he needed he needed. To I the fall. don't think he's the villain. I think he is the trickster yeah. of the story. The Loki, the shapeshifter yeah. of the story. Um, the villain is Harvey Dent. So- oh, I thought you were going to say society. Yeah, no, the villain is society. Yeah, because the movie is really all about that. Movie is all about corruption. Yeah, right. Right. And to see the incorruptible become corrupted mm-hmm. is the point of the movie. All Joker does is he. I mean, he even said the Joker's just a mad dog. But he right? punishes the corrupt. The way that the Joker punishes them, like with the mobsters, you know, and how he threatens them and um, the way that he breaks into the jail and kind of causes, you know, chaos in there. When you have uh, corrupt yeah. cops. Punishment. Which, you know, we're not going to make this dark both, night up. No, 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 no. Yeah, but, but that punishment. I going to say, they both are huge, unstoppable forces and immovable objects. You know, they that's exactly what the Joker says at the end. They are. They just so happen to cross paths as these two shining lights of different ethos is joker flat out says he's an agent of chaos in the movie and i think that's a completely genuine moment uh from that character um because the joker is chaos and in order to say the word punish implies a moral stance with which the joker has none he has no morality whereas batman represents money yeah he doesn't and so that's why i'm kind of arguing that the way that Heath Ledger really portrayed all of that merits, I think, a performance Oscar with or without, you know, his life being taken, his life's work being taken into consideration. Um, that's a standalone performance that you just although, want to preserve forever. Although you also got to think that to a degree for the Academy voters, the fact that dissecting the story of how Heath Ledger died, like you got... After the Dark Knight, he couldn't sleep, so he started taking certain pills, and then he OD'd on the pills. That the idea that the role killed him—that he That's made the ultimate myth. sacrifice for the art—that is a complete and utter myth. So here's the deal: Yes, did his? I'm journal... just saying, people say that shit. They, they want to idolize him, and of course, give him that sort of. Yeah, but that's to do that is also a disrespect to I think what he was going through. He couldn't sleep because he was having a custody battle with his ex over their daughter. Mm. Yes. And he was worried that he wasn't going to be able to see his daughter. And he had already had back problems as well. 
And he was uh, filming Imaginarium at Doctor yeah. Parnassus at that time. Too. Yeah, another pretty, awesome movie. Pretty he physically was, demanding role. He, he an Ambien wasn't working mm-hmm. for him, and unfortunately, his back pain medication, which was a U.S. Um, DA authorized drug, oh, sorry, not USDA, uh, FDA authorized drug. Uh, because he's an Australian citizen, he got this prescription sleep medication from Australia that was not approved in the United States. Uh, and it turns out that the combination of those two medications was toxic. And wow. that's why he didn't wake up. That's really um, sad. And it was a complete and utter accident is what it was. You um, know, he's not the only one that that's happened to. Um, the first ever uh, actress to be nominated posthumously posthumously, excuse me. Um, her name was uh, Jean Eagles, mm-hmm. and she was 39. Um, she was nominated actually f- during the first Oscar ceremony. Um, so I'm sorry, no, the second Oscar ceremony. So this would be 1929. Second, yeah, this was 1928, 1929. She was nominated for Best Actress for a film called The Letter, um, and she died at the age of 39 from a drug overdose. Yeah. So she was, you know, I, I, I hate to say it, but it's kind of like, it's almost like setting a precedent, you know, that a lot of these actors who do commit to their craft, they are susceptible to a lot of frailty and a lot yeah, of I vulnerability. Mean, it's and true. Could, well, it, yeah. Uh, actors in general are way more emotionally vulnerable. And that's just a fact. Well, not and only that, that but it, it is how they can emote so perfectly and how they give us these amazing performances, but it also can work against them. Right. Yeah. But we also talked about this in uh, the the Child Actors episode. Oh, where. That, you know, the studio system worked these actors so hard that they were giving everybody barbiturates. I mean, that's why Judy Garland, you know, unfortunately. And un- and unfortunately, if you have a, a psychological predisposition toward addictive nature, that just fucks you. Like, it totally fucks you, you know? Yeah. So. And then you have situations like with James Dean, who honestly was just being he reckless. He just likes to go fast. Yeah, he was just being reckless. <laughs> yeah, people forget Adrenaline that, junkie. People yeah. forget that he was drunk. He was pissed drunk when he... Um, Got in that car. Yeah, but they didn't. They didn't advertise that at the time, though, didn't, didn't they? Of they not. brushed that shit under the rug. You they don't see that was, today. They said it was a bad turn. On yeah, like foggy if highway. today, if fucking like Matt Damon like crashed his car and killed somebody, they would report about like he had a little bit of Nyquil in his system still. <laughs> but back then, they covered that shit up. Well, it was also, I mean, and if that had happened today, James Dean may have lived because safety standards in cars. But I mean, the DUI thing would have. Yeah. ruined his career. I always wonder what James Dean would have been like if he was still alive today. Yeah. Like what his career would have looked like, you know? Yeah. Mm. Lots of gay porn. <laughs> a lot of porn. Oh, wait, that's Wrong. a different James Dean we're talking no. about. James Dean. <laughs> Wrong James Actually. Dean. And he does straight porn. Sure. I mean, Dean definitely had um, exquisite different tastes. I mean, he was definitely... He <laughs> d- <laughs> that just crashed. Is I mean, the T done? I mean, is that... <laughs> you know, you look at him in Rebel Without a Cause, and you look at Salminio's character. Oh, I mean... And, you know, we talked about this before, too. That there's that homosexual yeah, undertones. I mean, uh, Dean, uh, he's, like, known for his bisexuality as well. So, like, there, there were rumors, I guess you could say, in Hollywood. Um, but this isn't the James Dean episode. <laughs> So yeah, so we're talking about other posthumous winners. I mean, there's a lot of diverse people in this in this group. Um, there's a really good article that I found on uh, rantlifestyle.com, um, and it talks about 13 uh, winners who are notorious. I mean, including, of course. Uh, Heath Ledger. Um, we can also talk about Sidney Howard. Um, yeah, Sidney Howard was, broke on with the win, right? Yeah, he was the first person to be postally awarded an Oscar. Yep. Um, and then he was in a you know a tractor accident. Uh, and you know in that regard, yeah, he was a screenwriter. Uh, Victor Young, and he actually re- received twenty two nominations for his compositions. And wow, uh, he didn't even he didn't win during his lifetime at all. And uh, he finally won the award for Around the World in 80 Days in 1956. And he holds the record for most nominations before receiving actual award. Yeah, so Um, Leo, shut the fuck up. You got a long (laughs) way to go. Know your place, DiCaprio. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, you know, I stand corrected about Howard Ashman. He was alive to accept Beauty and the Beast. Um, He... Did he die from AIDS? He died from AIDS. It was um, posthumously nominated for Aladdin oh, for, for a whole new world. Oh. Yeah, which did not win. Uh, <laughs> my apologies. Wow. Just want to clarify that. I got that mixed up. Yeah, and um, he was battling it when he won for Little Mermaid. Uh, 
too, because Mencken and Hammond won from The Little Mermaid, too. Check this out. Okay, so this producer named Sam Zimbalist, uh, he won for Ben-Hur in 1959. Not only did he win for it, he died on the set. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Yeah, he had a heart attack on the on location for Ben-Hur and he, at the age of 54. So his wife accepted his Oscar for Best Picture. And little and- known fact, that's where Heston came up with the term, from my cold, dead dad. <laughs> Wow, Brian! Too soon! Too soon! <laughs> more, oh. Bri- I honestly, this is—I just have watched this podcast turn into "I'm Emperor Palpatine." Brian is Anakin. He was so innocent when this all started, and I'm slowly turning him to the dark side. <laughs> Akbar forever, Brian! You Brian, be, Brian! You tomorrow, Akbar. I want you to kill That's younglings. Will you kill younglings? Roxy, you are my first. Uh, congratulations! You are my first, Roxy. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Okay, just well, don't tell everybody. I, I feel kind of yeah. You guys, I got my first hack bar. Um, what else is there? Oh, there's another one. <laughs> a bunch of people are dropping dead making Ben Hur. Apparently, I know, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, holy William shit! A. Horning. Yeah. Um, George yeah. Gershwin. He won two. He won two. <laughs> don't you know? Two um, coats. <laughs> but um, George Gershwin is a posthumous too. Oh my goodness! He died in 1937, and uh, it was for his for the movie uh, "Shall We Dance." He won. Uh, it was nominated for best song. For did best not win. Song. Did not win. Damn it! Yeah. But yeah. The other Gershwin. Guy we were Gershwin. About can we talk about Gershwin for a second? Uh, yeah. Gershwin, that motherfucker. Can you imagine if Gershwin lived today? <laughs> that motherfucker. If Gershwin lived today with all the technology he has, because even back in the day when it was really hard to like record a song and get it in, like he just had songs popping up everywhere, musicals fucking on the radio everywhere. If he had the shit he had today, like Kanye West does, where he's like, my whole fucking house is wired for sound so I can write a song while I'm taking his shit, <laughs> stuff like that. If he could do that, Gershwin would just be everywhere. Fair Gershwin enough. would be your ringtone. The I sound mean, that your computer makes when it opens up yeah. every commercial. I, the he'd be Gershwin. the official song of the NFL. I would actually argue that if Gershwin survived today, he wouldn't have been as successful because back in the 30s and the 20s, so I should say, um, you had Tin Pan Alley, oh. which was every pianist pianist in New York was given a chance to write a song and sell a song. Thanks, Ooh. Alan. So yeah. he, I was doing this whole great bit and then you Alan'd it. Oh, I'm sorry. You hipster cocksucker. What about um? So wait, wait. George Gershwin. George Gershwin did uh, Rhapsody in Blue, right? Well, that that was his. I mean, if you want to talk about his contribution to to jazz music, yes. Um, his contributions. (laughs) I mean, he and his brother Ira um, contributed massively to just musical theater in general yeah. um porgy and bess was oh, yeah. uh one of their biggest bigger achievements we could do a whole episode just on gershwin yeah. because his uh films or i should say his scores ended up being translated into films um Ooh. and he also wrote a fair number of film scores on his own yeah. with his brother ira that's the other thing to keep nice. in mind they were a brother team Oh, I'm just saying, if the dude had an iPhone, <laughs> if that dude it would just, he would have fucking taken over the way. It would be President Gershwin. <laughs> Emperor Gershwin. Emperor, Supreme Leader Gershwin, who's a hologram of oh. 18 uh, Another big one we can talk about is uh, Anthony Minghella. Um, oh, no. Because his movie, The Reader, the one with Kate Winslet, he had died. Yeah. He I never got part. nominated for Masters of the Universe, which is bullshit. <laughs> His fucking Skeletor was mind-bendingly awesome. I You're thinking of the wrong person. That. Anthony Minghella, the writer, director, producer. We're not talking about the actor. No, not Anthony Lang- Not wow. Not Frank Langella. Frank Langella. Who's alive? <laughs> Frank Langella. Which is awesome because this whole time I was like, I didn't even know he was dead. So you I'm dealing with that and Masters thinking of Masters of the Universe. Universe. was totally snubbed. This episode has gone to shit already. No, I, we are I only 33 minutes in. in okay, no. You it's guys. not gone to shit. This is entertaining as fuck, Brian. Conrad Hall. He was the cinematographer for Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Yes. One of my favorites, American Beauty and Road to Perdition, where he won his third Oscar. Yes, for Best Roxy. As yeah. soon as I realized I was wrong, I have Google, too. <laughs> um, also, guys, let's not forget beautiful film. Um, the great, great Spencer Tracy. Aww. For In 1967, uh, he was nominated for Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Oh, cool. Yeah. And passed away wow. as well. So, yeah. So, Gil Friesen, like I mentioned before, um, he was the chairman of A&M Records. Uh, he produced The Breakfast Club. And his, you know, he died from cancer. Um, 
shortly after he won for 20 feet from stardom and it's just kind of like or fuck cancer i'm so pissed at cancer lately seriously i am too yeah. Uh, but yeah, those are some notable wins. You know, the rest of them are really fantastic nominations. Oh, I wasn't talking about winners. My apologies. My last few why, why are you in the wrong mindset, Brian? Why are you going to be a winner? Why, you, why, um, why, why can't you be a winner, Brian? My apologies. I, I've been referring to non-winners uh, a oh. lot of them. So my, I've just been talking about nominees. Whatever. Uh, sorry about that, guys. You know what, Brian? I'm mad as hell and I ain't going to take this anymore. Ah. Uh. Anybody? Uh, Bueller? <laughs> Bueller? Anyone? Come on. That was the best quote from Network. Well, let's yep. yeah. Well, let's talk about... Why don't we talk about briefly the people who got honorary posthumous <gasps> yeah. Oscars? Yeah, Audrey Hepburn. Uh, Robert Benjamin got the Gene Herschel Humanitarian Award. Uh, Les Bowie for Special Achievement for Superman because he actually oh. put together the optical printing technology that made Which Superman fly. Which was fucking groundbreaking people forget that yeah all right cool. imagine that the first superhero movie that really does well is also is the first time you can see someone fly on screen and it blows your fucking brain out of your asshole let's not Damn, forget that's descriptive uh, how about academy co-founder douglas fairbanks yeah oh shit douglas fairbanks douglas fairbanks uh the silent film star um <laughs> was given an honorary Academy Award as well, oh, and that's because he also man. helped fucking start the Academy. And it was, he was so the head appropriate of the when branch. they had a moment of silence for him. <laughs> oh, you guys! Well um, done. What's his name? Edward G. Robinson, Little Caesar. Oh yes, <laughs> yes, Edward G. Robinson. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the guy who played Edward G. Robinson uh, in Trumbo, amazing. Really? Also, the engineer who Jobs threatens in Steve Jobs. Two completely different characters. Took me a week to realize they were the same actor. Damn. Yep. Amazing work. Dude, Edward G. Robinson was uh, in Soylent Green. Mm-hmm. Soylent Green is people! people! <laughs> Did you guys ever see the sketch on Saturday Night Live with Phil Hartman as Charlton Heston? And they go through like all these fake sequels of it. Soylent Green 3. Soylent White. Soylent Gray. Soylent <laughs> Gray. Soylent Gray is still people! <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, there's a lot of good good um honorees here. I'm really like happy with this. But I wonder what it takes to be an honoree, you know? What would yeah. you say, Brian? What is the qualifying sort of It's called pandering. Pandering. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's simple. It's Jerk. it comes down to con- I mean, when, whenever there's it an seems, honorary award yeah. given, it has to do with the contribution that's been made that pushes the art form forward in some way. Uh, with the case of Fairbanks, it was because he helped form the Academy. That was very clear. Um, Walt Disney had earned, earned an Academy Award for when he was living for making the first feature-length animated movie. So getting an Academy Award uh, posthumously for the Winnie the Pooh movie that he did, I mean, yeah, that's cool. Um, but let's not forget that he was an Academy powerhouse already. So. Yeah. And we also don't want to necessarily talk about retrospective awards because there's a few of them out there. Yeah. Uh, most notably, uh, Dalton Trumbo. Speaking of Trumbo. Well, yeah, because he had to get um, – because he was the writer for Roman Holiday and he right. had to get his name re- retroactively added to the film. Yeah, it, because he was blacklisted. Let's not forget, too, that uh, for The Brave One, he had oh, – he had because yeah. uh, he was under the alias of Robert Rich. Oh my uh, god! Another fun. Blacklist, hey, they called uh, him Bobby Dix. Okay, <laughs> Bobby, Bobby Dix. What was the one that you and uh, more uh, you and um, Nap had made up? The names that you made up, Sean. Oh, Johnny and Vinny. Johnny. Oh, Vinny Tunix. Vinny Tunix. Yeah, Johnny Fakefelt. Yeah. Uh, the Bridge on the River Kauai. The actual screenwriters, Carl Foreman and Michael Wilson, were on the blacklist at the time. Um, yeah. They could only work on the film in secret, so instead. Mm-hmm. Pierre Pierre Boulet um, was given the award, uh, but then it was corrected in 1984. So yeah. the bridge, the ridge, the the award for the river, the river on the bridge of the Kauai place, the <laughs> river bridge, <laughs> the bridge, bridge on the river Kauai. The river bridge is what together. brings us together <laughs> today. today. That blessed arrangement <laughs> that we the, the bridges to banks <laughs> with water. Oh, you guys are assholes. The um, Bridge on the River Kwai came out in 1957. So yes. that's a Fuck hell yeah, of a dude. long time to honor a film after Indeed, it I gets blacklisted. That, that movie 
was did Alec Guinness get nominated for that movie? I think he did. Um, I can't remember. I'm sorry, but um, either way, it was a huge movie. I think it won Best Picture that year. Actually, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I just think it's incredible though that a lot of these actors they still. I mean, it's it's kind of like a callback to what we were talking about in the previous episode, where mm-hmm. the point of the Academy Awards was to really honor and to kind of defend a lot of these actors right because it's, it's like the point of the academy awards was to what give recognition and in, in kind of an fu to the union well, i mean you've you've unions. noticed that the academy awards has tried to grow, grow up a little bit right they don't actually use the term the only the only category that still has the word best in it is best picture everything else is now achievement in acting achievement in directing that's right or achievement in short filmmaking and all these different ones so they don't really do are you best sure anymore. I'm, are you sure? Yeah, I'm pretty Sean sure Chicky. the acting is still no, it's, best supporting actor. No, it is actor in a supporting role. It is best best actor in a supporting role. No, they it still is still use the word achievement best. in actor for an actor in a supporting role is what it is. But the nominations are still. I mean, I look on Wikipedia and I mean, you Google well, because the actor. colloquialism is still to say best oh, actor. Clo- okay, but the Academy does not refer to them as that anymore. Yeah. So I kind of wish, and I mean, this is me being the the sole vagina in the room again, um, that they stopped using the term actress. Well, oh, the awards. Because yes. actress, awards. there's that whole argument that actress refers to a prostitute. Okay, but I mean, yeah. no, I'm not kidding. That's really the big argument against it. Actress used to oh, be synonymous shit. with prostitute. I didn't know that. Doesn't That's doesn't cool. the SAG Awards say male actor and female actor? It does. Yeah. Yeah. So and I mean, they say that when they do the I'm an actor. And most yeah. female actors prefer to be called an actor, and I'm totally fine you know, with it. It's like, come on, we're all actors. Like, let's just forget about it and let's stop making it a gender. Thing. I'll call them puss formers. Puss Is that? Formers. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, that's a different kind of um, art form. Should be referring to. It is. To. It's, it's uh, making Play-Doh <laughs> sculptures with your vagina. And, uh, and I respect it. And it was, I mean, it was shown in an wow. A film. I mean, Priscilla Queen of the Desert. But I mean, let's not let's not really get much. What was shown in Priscilla Queen of the Desert? Guy Pierce's pussy, of course. Oh my God! I had to check that out again. I did not see that part. I think I blacked out during that. I need performance is what we're talking about. <laughs> Guy Pierce's pussy, of course. Guy Pierce and Hugo Weaving's performance. Sean, I think was... I should use that in like uh, anytime someone asks me, like, "What's on the menu?" Guy Pierce's pussy, of course. But what's for, what's? I thought you were gonna say you're gonna use puss former for like uh, I don't know Puss-former. every David Spade movie. <laughs> Jesus, Lord have mercy. Okay, so where do we go from here? Oh, I don't know. To the grave? <laughs> don't we all die? Don't we all? Don't we all have a shallow grave waiting for us wow. at the end? Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow creeps in this petty pace from day to day. If there's anything this episode is teaching you, it's that life Death is Death is inevitable. <laughs> I didn't realize the therapist community was run like a mob ring, Roxy. Jesus. <laughs> shallow graves. Shallow, shallow grave. They Just pull like, the marionette strings, Brian. Do you have any uh, idea how powerful uh, the therapist of a CEO of a Fortune 500 company Hey, Roxy, be? I was looking at the notes with one of your progress for one of your patients. We should go back and talk about it. <laughs> oh, what's this trench here? Oh, you'll see. You'll see. Oh my God. Yeah, I mean, honestly, a reason. though. I'm just saying. There's a reason that uh, Silence of the Lambs is my favorite movie. <laughs> oh Jesus! It's one of mine too. And Roxy. she will be it's one of a mental too. health professional, folks. <laughs> just think I'll about that. <laughs> working with your childrens, talking about psychological stuff and things. I just, you know, I like movies where people wear other people. <laughs> On their face. <laughs> and uh, she does face like Face Off liver. is one of my other favorite movies. <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Classic! <laughs> yeah. She's gonna. She's actually working on her PhD. She's going to be doing a dissertation on the connection, correlation between the consumption of organ meats uh, and mental illness. By the way, mental can I please, illness. to what I just said, I'm going to give a shout out to Steven Rosenberg in, in the movie Face Off. I'm going to kill your father wearing your wearing father. father. Wearing your father. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen, uh, for that. Be because it made my, it much uh... more creepy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Can I put that on my gravestone? Um, <laughs> speaking of gravestones, I think this episode is dead and buried. <laughs> <laughs> this episode yeah, died prematurely. The, see what yeah. happens when Sarah's so, down here? It's see what happens? Chaos. 
We're we're agents of chaos. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like a dog. I I I, I just, just I, don't, I don't know. I wouldn't know what to do. Like a dog chasing one. cars. I yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't know what to do if I caught one. <laughs> that is nerdonomy in a nutshell. Yes, in <laughs> no. This is nerdonomy in a nutshell. Without sir, we're in a giant nutshell. <laughs> what are we doing in this nutshell? <laughs> a <laughs> nut here. has a shell. A <laughs> <laughs> nut has a shell. <laughs> um, it could fit six people in it. <laughs> Yay! And have enough room for Brian to be jerking himself and the Academy off. <laughs> All 25 times. <laughs> uh, why don't we go ahead and just get into feedback then? Let's. Listener feedback. Yeah. Well, we got some feedback from Danielle D. And uh, uh, the beginning of her feedback was about nerds on history and how she'd be totally down for the Rosicrucian Egyptian Museum trip you guys are uh, thinking about doing again. But uh, in her PS, she said, I wonder if Alan would do a review of the new Star Wars movie. Alan, take it away. Well, while I appreciated the nostalgia, specifically (laughs) Admiral Akbar still had what looked like a paper mache puppet head instead of doing CGI, which I was very, very impressed with. Personally, I thought that Chewbacca was an underutilized character, and I wanted to see a lot more of him on Kashyyyk that we got glimpses of, and by glimpses I mean the whole fucking thing of the holiday special, (laughs) which is the greatest crowning achievement of all Star Wars ever. There is just whole scenes of Wookiees talking, and you have no idea what they're saying, but they're being very gesticulating a lot, and they are cute. Cute. I just what why where what happened to Stinky? Did you remember Ch- Chewbacca's <laughs> grandfather's name was Stinky? Like why don't we see more Wookiees talking and we have no fucking clue? Let's it's theater of the mind. Let us all decide what's happening on the screen instead of you just telling me, oh the stormtrooper guy is like good now and like Han Solo's dead and stuff. More Wookiees. Hashtag Wookiees. For Wookies. life. Thank you, Alan. Now go away and um, leave. Scamper off. There you have it. Well, let's get to our next feedback. This one was given to us over Facebook Ooh. by another Brian. <gasps> They're multiplying. Uh, the Brian who threw water on Brian? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who fed Brian <laughs> after midnight? <laughs> God damn it. It's... Midnight. <laughs> uh, you can blame Jack in a Box for that. <laughs> so Brian writes, first off, he's been a listener for Nerds on History for a while, but he just started binge listening to Nerds on Film. We're sorry. And he said, uh, <laughs> and he wrote that as he was headed to the theater to see Star Wars Episode 7, uh, he thought it was a bit of serendipity that the episode that came on was the Precog's Return, where we talked about the announcement uh, at that point that Lucas. Oh, that's so sick. Yeah. Uh, oh, anyways, as a farmer, I spend a lot of time in my office. He sent us this great picture Wait, of... Wait, farmers have offices? Yeah, if well, they farm weed. Because he took a picture from his tractor. <laughs> he also got pictures. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. Uh, he says that they keep me... La- uh, he says, but uh, these podcasts are a great way to thoroughly enjoy, to keep him occupied. Uh, While he's farming. They keep him laughing weed. and thinking during the sum- <laughs> the long summer days in Alabama. Oh, sweet home Alabama. Uh, he <laughs> thinks uh, we're all... He says uh, he thinks we're all pretty nerdtastic, so he has no favorites. However, he does want to note that, Sean, you are a funny motherfucker. Thank you. you hey, by the way, Sean. roll tide, motherfucker. Roll tide. Okay. <laughs> they just um, won the national championship, Brian. It's relevant. Stop interrupting. Your mother's interrupting. Oh, God damn, it's my mom, too. Uh, he continues, <laughs> I believe we could offend pretty much every person on the planet. There's not enough Akbars. Uh, anyways, thanks for the laughs and keep them coming. Uh, his attached pic was stunning. It's this beautiful... Uh, sunset um, oh. sky it, it's just stunning you you have a great photographic eye sir nicely done yes sir. indeed we have another Facebook feedback this time it's from Clint he says he saw the hateful eight um, it certainly didn't lo- he certainly didn't love it first two uh, first two thirds of the film it was classic I'll beat overindulgent Tarantino um, but the last third he can't help but wonder if this dates back to the script being leaked online still it's no excuse oh, you know what Clint say- I can't help wait, but agree with Clint, you Clint are you saying that like the script got linked on leaked online so he's like, fuck that. I'm going to come up with something even crazier. <laughs> you know, based on what I said, have you guys seen Hateful Eight yet? For the podcast, because I will see it by the time this comes out. Yes, I've seen yeah. it, but I haven't seen it yet. I hated the last third of the film. I thought the first half of the film was 
classic Tarantino mm-hmm. in the yep. sense that it, it held up to sort of the, you know, screenwriting standards, the classiness, the cinematography was beautiful. The last half, man, I feel like Tarantino just threw in the fucking Wait, towel. is it just like unspeakable violence for the last half? Yeah! That's fucking it's Tarantino! Like- no, but there was literally, it was just, there was no break. There was no sense of, like, artistry to it. It was just Well, gratuitous. that part where, you know, um... Yeah, uh-huh, right. On, hold no, on, hold it on. was all the fucked up and I couldn't handle it. The part where Jennifer Jason Lee shoots Michael Madsen in the head and then fucks the bullet hole with a wooden dildo? That's <laughs> classic shut up, shut Tarantino! Up. Sean, you shithead. No, Jennifer Jason Lee deserves her nomination purely for what she endured during that performance. Yeah. Let's be Yeah, honest. they hit she her in the face a bunch before shit. it, because I saw. Oh, not just hitting, buddy. I mean, it's some fucking No, I just shit. all well, I've yeah, seen Kurt, is pictures of Kurt her Russell with, like, yeah. goes to town on her face. Um, but, I mean, she holds her own in a, a boys club, let's be real. And I'm and you, all for holding your own in a boys club. Yeah. Solidarity with my lady. Hey, this isn't um, always a boys club, okay? It's half and half unless Dave is here. Or Eric, yeah. Uh-huh, because mm-hmm. Dave is half man, half... <laughs> Dave is uh, mostly girl. He just so happens to have <laughs> our dick and balls. Exactly. And Dave, you won't even think that's an insult. <laughs> uh-huh, yes, Brian. We do have one last piece of feedback. It was really quick from Athena. Yeah. Just said that she enjoyed our Nerds on History. Uh, sorry, Nerds on Film uh, episode from Star Wars. And she, yeah. she mentioned that she would love to come because she lives not too far away from the Bay Area. We, we had talked about Nerds in History, Ooh. a potential nerd meetup. Nice. Let's just do, let's do a Nerdonomy meetup. Yeah. I mean, so it would be more history focused because uh, Eric being his being scholarly wants to give a, a tour of the Rosicrucian Egyptian cool. Museum. But we always said we can hang out afterwards, too. So yeah, um, Party. So we want to put those nerd vibes out there to those Bay Area nerds. Yeah. Uh, hit us up over our social media and let us know if you're interested and we'll we'll, we'll try to arrange something. We don't have any, anything and scheduled. And you guys, just get involved in the Nerdonomy Oscar Challenge. It's going to be bomb. Speaking of the Nerdonomy yeah. Oscar Challenge, I think this is a perfect time to tell everybody that we're doing a little something different this year. Instead of doing the live commentary podcast, which has been less than successful, albeit hilarious, if you still have a recorded version of the last few Oscars and can line up our shit with it, it's really funny. Uh, We're going to do something different. We're going to do a live pre-show broadcast, uh, and where we're going to do that and how we're going to do that is yet to be determined, so keep listening. Uh, And then we're going to do a post-show. The post-show will be available to download later, and so you can, you know, if you've watched it or if you fucking didn't watch it and you just want to hear us give you the nuts and bolts of it uh you can listen to that uh but please tune into the pre-show beforehand we're gonna uh, i'm gonna say some inappropriate things obviously brian is going to blow everyone in hollywood as hard as he fucking can (laughs) and roxy and sarah will talk about ladies dresses but like not in a you know shitty way they'll be like we want to fuck the ladies and yeah they want to scissor lock sweet sweet scissorly love to those dresses those women. I just dresses. once want to just play Scarlett Johansson's butt like bongos. Wouldn't that ruin them? Just once. Not in my world. Scissor me, Tampers. Just hope that one of them is not. Scissor me, Cersei. <laughs> it's going to be awesome, you guys. It's going to be the best Oscar Sunday, Fun Day, Drunk Day ever. Yes, and this time you'll I'm be so able to excited. actually watch the show and not just listen to me go like, hey, look at that guy's <laughs> face. Oh, ah. You guys, oh my god, I'm so excited. Oscar Sunday is like a religious holiday for me. You guys are so fucking excited. It is the number two uh, biggest event next to the Super Bowl. And just like like Catholics, she consumes quite a bit of wine on her religious holidays. I I complete the sacrament. (laughs) If that's how you do it. I am very sacrilegious and sacramental. Has been substantiated into the body of Leonardo DiCaprio. By this cracker, I mean this crouton and this fat salad that I'm eating right now. We lift up our hearts. <laughs> our hearts are romaine. Because <laughs> <laughs> I eat a lot on Oscar Sunday, fun day. I'm so excited. We all do. Yes. Uh, you guys tune in. It's going to be bomb. So uh, as always, guys, thank you for that feedback. We love the engagement and we love just hearing Call from you guys. Us. Call us. We didn't talk about that last time. We also want to thank us. Hillary. She did send us a package. We haven't opened it yet. We apologies. Ooh. Um, but we're going to pretend we did. No, no. The great. bomb squad is Shut still up, working with it. They're Brian. still trying to figure out whether we should open it or not. Whether the, but the dog the took a liking to it. And the red liquid the bomb dog. from uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance mix. Uh, I'm, be really I'm a little concerned because the bomb dog, and this is a trained animal, mind you, sniffed it and then started humping it. it, and it act, the, the label literally says the bomb dog. And so it's either weed 
or it's explosives. You idiots are digressing. We are so far off the deep end right now. We are in the grave. Your mom's okay, we the are deep dead end, and buried. And your mom's not my mom, so ha! <laughs> ha! Sean will bring this cohesive to the magic of editing. I hope so. No, fuck uh, that. A lot of this is going in because I love it. And it's a, it's, we did that, it would be a 25 minute yes, episode. Yes, today's episode was directed by Dax Shepard. So, <laughs> <laughs> nicely done. So, um, Brian, where else can they reach us besides calling us? Well, so you, so by the way, if you want our number um, and our, uh, P.O. Box number, you can find them on Nerdonomy.com. They must be currently there. It's only available on the desktop version of our page. Um, but you can find that info there. It's on the front page on the right. Uh, you can also, of course, follow us on social media. We tweet and Facebook and even Google Plus a little bit every single day. And plus, you know, Roxy and Don't Sean. Don't tell people we Google Plus, Brian. <laughs> yeah, because like two people are on Google Plus. <laughs> oh, my God. Speaking of Roxy, I had no idea that Aaron Sorkin's daughter's name is Roxy. Oh, like that's when cool. he mentioned her on the Golden Globes, I was like, "Yeah, who, I knew who, it." What? You sound like you're written by Aaron Sorkin. You're I heavy, do, don't I? Emotional dialogue, cutting humor, <laughs> and it makes sense that we have most of our conversations walking up and down hallways, and we do it over cocaine, yes. of course. Uh, so, <laughs> and at any rate, so somehow you're not raising your daughter properly. <laughs> somehow, I don't know. But uh, at any rate. Um, and we do have an Instagram account. We post stuff to it most of the time, or occasionally, really, more oh, yeah. than anything. Very occasionally. Um, According to can... Leon Phelps, we need to put Roxy and Sarah's butts. So hashtag Roxy and Sarah's butts <laughs> on Twitter I'm and Instagram. I'm all for this. So you can just you know, Google us on the interwebs. Google the word nerdonomy. I promise you will find yeah, our website. Yeah, because we made that shit up. Social medias. Yeah. So, <laughs> we have um, a lot of fun on the Instagram, though. And it's our username is nerdonomy for all of them. So I mean, if you search for us on the social medias we mentioned, mediums that we mentioned, you will certainly all find us. All the social medias, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> um, and while you're at nerdonomy.com, by the way, you can hit us up with a uh, with feedback by clicking the Talk to Us link. You can buy a T-shirt. I'll hit us up with a donation. Get your t-shirts. Athena, you look bomb in your t-shirt, girl. She does. She does. Um, yes. Those glasses never look bigger. More importantly, before <laughs> aside going from aside going to our website and beside, you know, giving us that feedback and stuff, what you can really do for us is spread the word of nerd. Like a bird turd, motherfucker. Like a bird turd. A big Because that shit gets everywhere. That's the magic. A bird takes a shit. At ten thousand feet, that shit's every, that shit's in your iced tea. That shit has vaporized at that point. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Um, you are breathing in the bird shit that is the nerd Stop. word. Stop! I'm gonna barf. Yep. Yeah. I barfed a little in my mouth too. Yeah, we're, we're basically telling we our listeners to take a special. shit from outside of an airplane. Stop it! Okay, we gotta wrap it up because if we let this go on any longer, we will completely, just completely just. Degrade into. Um, I mean, as we speak, shit, as we speak, Brian is typing a strongly worded performance review for me mm-hmm. <laughs> on his phone. Uh, he's like, "Shut the fuck up." As, uh, as we right, speak, guys. I am uh, using not one but two stress balls at the moment. One's in his butt, very, very tightly. Mm, um, like boy. most things uh, in his butt. Uh, oh, Jesus, break it up, Mo Bros. You know, it is that time, nerds. <laughs> So until we meet again, stay nerdy and tune into our next exciting episode. Same nerd time, same nerd channel, nerdonomy.com. Located Bye. in Brian's butt. Stop it. And roll credits. Now, famous movie quotes you should not say during sex. Look at me!